This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Everybody, Jeff Kasuf here with the Equalizer podcast, joined by fellow Equalizer, yeah, make it a term, so. uh, Chelsea Bush and Yal Averbush, player, entrepreneur, what else? Uh, oh gosh, I don't know, Every there's more than that list. Yeah, I think, I think that, yeah, that uh, maybe covers it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about Techni, um, her, her revolutionary training app, and uh, NWSL coaching C-license course we'll talk about a little bit, and, and obviously, um, oh, well, we didn't have president of the NWSL Players Association, so. Yeah, true, kind of like an entrepreneur there, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's, let's start out on the the league front where, uh, you know, we just had the draft, um, obviously a day, you probably remember fairly fairly well, so it's kind of a, a special day, would you say, for a player? Yeah, for sure. No, I actually didn't go to the draft the year I was drafted. I forget what I had going on or where it even was, but... Um, it's really interesting because you can see the excitement in the room and the, the players who have come there with their parents and are waiting to hear their name called. And actually, now that I now it's many years past for me, I realized too, and I hope those players realize that it's it is the culmination and like such an important um, time to celebrate the culmination of so much work that's gone into to achieving a dream. But really, it's actually the start. Um, so I think you know it's it's good. I hope everyone felt very excited that day and like was able to celebrate for a day or two. But then it's like now it begins. So I didn't realize that as a player at the time. I was like, wow, I achieved my lifelong uh, dream of becoming a pro. Cool. And then I didn't think, well, like, what does it mean to be a pro? You got to re um, kind of reshape who you are as an athlete, how you think about everything, and it's a totally new learning experience within the game. Yeah, ten years ago already. I know, I know. <laughs> I remember. You, do you remember the like? It was kind of it was a, a big blown out article on you. I don't remember the, the newspaper. Oh, like, I think on my green Honda like Civic. On yeah, on my old like, green Honda yeah. Civic. It was basically showing like these pro players aren't showing up in these nice cars yeah. and living living the life. So I was a poster child for the yeah. one living at home and driving my old green Civic. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't remember what paper that was, but that was uh, the Sky Blue Day, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, well, tell us about your, your 2018. What, what are you looking for for 2019? Um, um, playing status, uh, you know, what, what you're up to? Yeah, a ton went on for me uh, this past year in 2018. I've, I've been dealing with health issues. I'm, I'm very open about it. I have something called ulcerative colitis. So I went into the season with the Seattle Rain kind of knowing it was going to be a little bit of a long shot for me to be able to contribute consistently. And I gave it a go. I went through preseason, tried my best, uh, but I was only able to play in one game all season. Unfortunately, it was a game we lost to North Carolina. Uh, so I was like, great, thanks. I, yeah, yeah, sure. I know. I didn't feel that bad, but I was like, wow, that's my one. My one contribution. Um, but yeah, so a little bit disappointing there, but really just. This is not the high end, no. Sorry. We're just recording a live podcast, though, so sorry. We just gotta. We're yeah, recording this is not, live, this so. Is not the high end. 
Hi, uh, folks. Oh, yeah. Li- live TV, yeah. live podcast. We're also the tour guides and helping people get where they need to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I, um, I was disappointed with, you know, the fact I wasn't really able to contribute on the field in Seattle much. I trained a little bit when I could. But really, uh, my, my health was my main focus and still is actually now. So I'm in the process of, unfortunately, still not being 100% healthy and kind of I set myself a little bit of a cutoff to decide 100% on if I'll be able to play this, this upcoming season in 2019. Um, but also 2018 was really important steps forward um, for my personal business, Technique Football, just constantly making progress on that, working on it every day. I mean, it's more than a full-time job in addition to my playing and trying to get healthy. And then also uh, working with the NWSL Players Association to continue to solidify our organization and maintain a really good collaborative working relationship with relationship with the league. And we actually, the, the big news there was that we attained official union status through the league voluntarily recognizing us as the sole bargaining representative of the, the NWSL players. So, um, you know, when I look back, I think like, oh, I was sick a lot of the year and stuff, but that a lot, a lot got done and a lot of really exciting things still in the works. So talking about the Players Association, you know, as you said, you achieved that very big milestone in 2018. So what are some of your goals for 2019? Yeah, I think for us, you know, we had always talked, we wanted to get that union status. It's a really important step for us to have a little bit more of of some bargaining power and a seat at the table in terms of league conversations, which is really all all we're looking for right now. I've, I've said so many times, you know, we are not coming to the league with a list of demands that they need to give us. We're coming to the league saying, like, how can we work together to achieve our mutual goal of improving things? So um, that official status gives us a little bit more of, like I said, a seat at the table in some conversations. They're now obligated to share certain information with us. So it really just opens the doors of communication a little bit more in terms of what we're privy to information-wise about the league, which will then help us work with the league um, to continue to move forward. So, um, you know, moving forward in this upcoming year, we had said, you know, we do not plan to seek a collective bargaining agreement uh, initially. I think that's a that's a very stressful um, process for both the league and us, and we are not prepared to hire lawyers and undergo that. And we don't want the league spending money on lawyers and, and all that right now. So that's on the back burner, and I think this upcoming year for us, um, you know, if I'm to stay at the helm, my main goal is to really work on our internal relations. Um, so un- making sure the players all understand what this organization is, how we can help them, where to go if there's a problem, who to contact, that there there are ways of fixing things. If you don't feel like it's right or you're curious if it's, if it's right or okay, you know, you can speak to someone. We can bring it straight to the league and get answers. Um, and, and adding value to the player experience through things we can offer, like we're working on a player handbook just so players have basic information on what their contracts mean if they need a lawyer or not a lawyer if they need an agent or, or not or maybe they need a lawyer too a lawyer. yeah if they need a lawyer I don't know oh, I don't know if we can advise there so much but um, and then continued continuing education like um, you know the the C license coaching course that was offered to league players this past um, off season as well as um, information on how to build your own personal brand and help to promote the league on social media so really just uh, solidifying who we are as an organization, getting more player engagement, getting players involved, and forming committees to, to do stuff on our social media and carry out little projects. So I think, for me, that's where our agenda really lies. Um, continuing to forge our seat at the table, but at the same time, really um, strengthening what we have internally before we then 
ever get into the whole collective bargaining process. Did you have a chance to talk to any of the players drafted and say, hey, you know, when you sign your contracts, this is kind of what's going on? Yeah, actually, I did not. I was thinking about that, though, during the draft. And actually, when I announced a few of the picks, I was kind of like, I put the scarf on the player and I wanted to be like, welcome, let's talk. But um, <laughs> not, not the really the right time to do that. But I think we will hopefully um, have some communication to the players who have been drafted, you know, congratulating them and letting them know, you know, here's who we are as you enter this league and enter this process if you have questions. That's what we're here for. Uh, we don't always have answers, but we can try. So that they know they they have that support. Because, you know, when you get drafted, like, a lot of times, and I remember this for myself, but even just talking to the new players that have come into the league over the years, like, you don't know what's next. You don't understand what that means. You don't know if you're guaranteed a spot, if you're, you know, where you really stand, what your rights are. So um, that is important information that we will need to be providing to drafted players and rookies uh, hopefully over over the next couple of years we can really solidify a system for that. I don't want to harp on this at all. Though. I think we've talked about it enough as, yeah. a, as a general league, but, but the importance of the PA in the current times of teams that are not up to par. Um, just quickly, kind of, what, how are you sort of addressing that? I think when we've talked before, you've tried to tell players, as you just said, there's an outlet to maybe let us know before things get that bad or before yeah. you feel like you have to go to media, although I assume you know, you can come on this podcast (laughs) yeah I I think it's an ongoing communication battle to make sure the information is out to the players my personal goal and to be honest one of the reasons I even got involved with this in the first place is that we have such um, such power on social media I think especially in women's soccer fans and people find out information on social media more than any other Um, avenue you know it's not on TV it's not on the nightly news so that's where people are going to find their information so we don't want our internal issues out on social media or in the media unless we've gone to the league and they just we're we're not able to make progress and like something else needs to happen so the league has been very good about being responsive when we bring them the information but we've also had times where the information has not gotten up to the team reps to us as the executive Okay, we got a, we got a lot of people asking us directions yeah. here. Podcast row live. <laughs> yeah, we got so we can interview them maybe when they come back. Um, but yeah, so I think that players need to know where to go with that information, um, and also that's something we want to include in the handbook so players understand what are the minimum standards that your your team should be upholding. You know, how does it work with housing? What what's allowed to happen? What should your training venue look like what should it have for you there same thing with the the playing venue you know what needs to be in the locker room according to the league standards so if we know those things as players we can then identify where there maybe is a problem or where maybe you know what it's not ideal but right now there's nothing we can do which is the reality of a lot of situations is that we're we're all working on this together there are small staffs trying to carry out massive organizations so there will be some things that slip through the cracks uh but for players to understand what's an internal issue where you need to go to your club and what's a league-wide issue where you need to bring this to the Players Association so we can discuss with the league, that's important for us to all clarify. You know, it's, I need to find the answers on some of that as well. So earlier you mentioned, you mentioned the C-course, and you know, we're currently kind of talking about issues in the league. So one of the topics in the offseason has been kind of what appears to be a lack of diversity among the coaching staff. And is that something you would agree with that is an issue? And, and if so... Why is that such an issue? Why is it so hard for women to break into the upper tiers of, of coaching? Yeah, actually, I commented on Instagram on a picture that uh, NWSL posted of the current coaching staff, and I, I, I'm 
like usually only say positive things on social media but that sudden feel was it's not a negative thing it was just an observation I said we need more diversity there need more we need more females and more diversity in general you know you look at a group of all white mostly males we got a couple females which is great but um, you know I think it's something that will take time but we need to keep women and minorities involved in the game and wanting feeling inspired to want to take that journey and I think what we see as players and I know as female players a lot of a lot of us um, I'll say us hopefully I, I won't be in this group but a lot of, of female players leave the game feeling very demoralized and like they're getting out to, to do something new and that is a huge goal of our players association to make sure that players leave the league feeling like they had a positive playing experience and they are choosing to leave to move on to something next and we would like that next thing to be still involved in the game um, so if you've had a positive enough experience in the game you then want to give back you want to be around for years to come so whether it's coaching, manage, managerial roles, owning teams, you know, these are all things that we want females doing. They don't have to be former players, they can be any females involved in the game, but I think for us to be able to get the females in our league, the coaching experience and licensing during their playing career so they don't leave starting at square one um, is massive. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so quickly, the course, uh, I guess we asked Allie Krieger this yesterday, I think she was leaning toward... Um, future career, maybe youth coaching, is kind of what it sounded like should lean toward work. I mean, you have the business, you have the coaching courses, a matter of leaving options open. I mean, what are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, actually, I, I wasn't personally able to participate in the C course just because of my health issues, but I was I was kind of like, oh, shoot, we worked so hard to get this, and a lot of people put in so yeah. much work behind the scenes to secure that, that I was really, um, it was unfortunate that I couldn't be there personally. Um, I, I think for me, my real passion is working um, twofold. One with like the smaller groups, individuals and small groups who really want to fine tune what they're doing, especially on the technical side. But in general, mentoring them on all the aspects necessary to attend to your game to maximize your potential. Um, and that's where Techni Football comes in, my business. That's what we're trying to offer players. Um, it's you know going to take a long time to get there in terms of the full picture of what it takes to be, um, you know, to like I said, maximize your potential. Right now, we just focus on the technical area of the game. Um, so I'm I'm really interested in that, and in a larger sense too, youth development as a whole in our country. Um, I would love to not necessarily coach teams, but maybe go and, and study how some of the best systems in Europe work or best systems that we have in other sports in this country and see if there are ways that we can implement some of, the idea, of those ideas into our youth development system as a whole, which the technical component and players spending time with the ball with free play and street soccer or you know refining their technique through repetition, those things are all part of that picture, but I think there's a lot more that goes into it as well. So was the Players Association involved in arranging that sequence? So initially, a couple years ago, uh, we were very involved in securing some of the lower licensing. Like uh, we actually got the the F license and the E license um, offered to all the teams in the league. We we kind of in FC Kansas City, we piloted the E license, and a couple other clubs offered it as well. So we started that a little bit of momentum towards the idea that that's something that U.S. soccer through the league can offer us. It's a huge. Um, you know, added value to what we already do as players. And it's worth, you know, it's financially important as well because those are expensive courses. Um, so 
what happened there was a, there was a little hiatus. We kind of kept pushing with it, but others kind of stepped in, and, and Becca Rue, who is the um, executive director of the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association, had a huge role in making the C course happen. So where we, we kind of started the momentum, myself and actually Nicole, Nicole Barnhart was a huge part of it, and then uh, others picked up where we left off and were able to push it forward in a really impressive way. So I wasn't directly involved, and our Players Association wasn't directly involved in securing this course, but the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association played a really massive role in that. Uh, 2019 World Cup year, and wrap it up a little bit with maybe some uh, some bigger picture stuff. Yeah. Um, the league in a World Cup year, this has come up a lot. Sponsorship, I think, is a, is a huge one that people are pointing to. Um, you know, the, the acquisition of those and, and capitalizing on the opportunity, and I think there's a real question, and I don't know if it's a concern, but whether the league is ready for you know taking hold of that moment. I mean, what's What's most important to you from, from your perspective of the various positions you hold of what a World Cup year means um, to, to the league, I suppose, and, and to the bigger picture? Yeah, it's, it's actually a really tough balance because in one sense, we it's so important that our league is functional, exciting to watch, and bringing in fans when those World Cup players are away. Because um, the truth of the matter is we have world-class level players who are not on their national teams and will not be at the World Cup or maybe their national team didn't qualify for the World Cup who will still be playing week in and week out. You know, I think there will be a short break for the World Cup, but there will be games going on during the World Cup and it's important that our league is still, um, you know, we still have the visibility and people know that while they're watching the World Cup on TV or maybe even some people going to France for a little bit, there's still something going on at home that's um, that's of a extraordinary value so there's that but then there's also capitalizing on um you know we've seen over the years the women's world cup has become more and more of a, a massive event you know actually i've seen it all over Inst instagram and twitter and stuff and and people are just referring to it as the world cup which i think is important you know i i said women's world cup it's the world cup um it's a world cup year that's so exciting for the women's game we're gonna have those players maybe even some World Cup champions coming back into our league. And so that's a huge boost for our league and for women's soccer visibility in general. But at the same time, I think um, we need to continually remind ourselves as the players not going to the World Cup that we still have something really great to offer, that the attention may be in France, but um, we should still really feel really good that there will be players getting opportunities to shine and show new skill sets that people haven't seen. And I hope that the communities and with teams and those watching you know through the other channels whether the games are on TV or wherever you're watching uh, really still support and that's it's so important it's not just support because you know they owe us something but I think that's going to be a quality brand of soccer to watch and to enjoy any uh, bold predictions for the World Cup? Oof. so I always I, I think I'll still say this for some years to come I always say I, I feel that our U.S. women's national team still in this day and age with the parity that exists has a 50% chance of winning the World Cup and everyone else splits the other 50%. Not everyone else, but you know, the, the other top teams. I still think that, and, and that's saying something enormous to that one team has, I don't think that those, I mean, like those odds obviously aren't proven, but I don't think that would ever be said in the men's game that any team has that high of a chance. So I always feel like there's at least a 50% chance the U.S. women will take the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, and that's what, that's what I said last time, too. So I was, like, on the right side of the 50%. So we'll see what happens this time. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Of course. Check out the Techni app, everybody. I think you can just a quick search in the App Store, right? Yeah, you can download it right in the App Store, Techni Football. Um, and we actually offer a one-week free trial, no strings attached. You don't have to enter any credit card information. I hate when people try to trick you with that kind of stuff. So you can try it out, uh, get in touch with us. 
through there and uh, we offer individual subscriptions and also group club subscriptions. Well, Yal Averbush, thank you for joining us here. We're at McCormick Place, not the Hyatt, as we were, yeah. <laughs> we were interrupted about. Now it's time for us to direct the traffic, we so we have to some, go. We need to get some security, so <laughs> yeah. thanks for joining us. Uh, of course, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.